You're listening to the Hello Awesome Podcast, and this is episode number 30. All right, guys, join me in saying happy six months to the best podcast ever. Honestly, it has been such an incredible journey. Since the Hello Awesome Podcast launched in February, I have released a brand new episode every single Monday, and you guys showed up and placed the podcast on the charts. Now, these numbers do fluctuate, but as I'm recording this right now, the Hello Awesome podcast is number 758 in the Christianity category in the United States and number 658 in the Christianity category in the Philippines. So huge thank you to you and shout out to everybody who has been listening out there. It's because of you that this podcast is making an impact. And I'm just grateful God has allowed me to host this show. Doing this podcast really does bless me. To be able to share my heart with you, I don't take it for granted. And I'm just thankful that we have a God who uses imperfect people to share his heart through personal lessons and messages. Today is our 30th episode before I take a little break from podcasting for at least a month or so. We have two family trips coming up one of which I'm making plans to attend General Conference in Indiana next month. So follow me on Instagram at Ministries for any updates about that. I am also starting a new year of homeschooling with my two boys, not to mention some other projects that really need my attention right now. But don't worry, you can re-listen to all 30 episodes we have here on the podcast. And if you are on my email list, you will be getting at least one or two bonus episodes as they become available before anybody else. That's right. You can listen to two bonus episodes of the podcast if you are on my email list before anybody else can hear it. So if you're not part of my Awesome People email list, you need to be. Go to HelloAwesomeMinistries.com and fill in the form at the top of the page. I am hoping to share at least two bonus episodes in September with you. The podcast won't be back officially until the beginning of October. And of course, I'll be sharing more info as that becomes available on Instagram. All right, let me get to what you've been wanting to hear today. And that is my interview with the amazing Nicole Chris. Nicole is the heart and talent behind the piano studio, a teacher of music and lover of worship. We end up giggling a lot in this episode because Nicole is just so full of joy. We chat about what bravery really looks like when stepping out into a big dream, why God does care about business, and what it means to take the next right step forward. Nicole is actually the 12th guest on the podcast so far. Her name added to an incredible list of inspiring apostolic influencers trailblazing new paths into new territories. I'm just so excited about what God is doing here on the Hello Awesome podcast, and I hope that you will continue with me on this one-of-a-kind journey. All right, friends, let's jump right into the 30th episode of the podcast that I am calling The Next Right Thing with Nicole Chris. You're listening to the Hello Awesome podcast. I'm JC, and this is the place where we get real, sharing truthful insights that will encourage us to make intentional choices in both life and business. I want to start conversations that not many young Christians today are having. Will you join me? This podcast is brought to you by my new book, The Glitter Effect. Have you ever spilled glitter? 
it's almost impossible to get every speck back into the bottle. This is exactly how our influence is with the people around us. What we say and do matters, especially if we are to reflect Christ. Are you ready to leave behind a legacy that shines for Him? Then grab your copy today on Amazon by searching for The Glitter Effect or head to the show notes for a direct link. Hey guys, welcome back to the Hello Awesome podcast. I have Nicole Chris from the Piano Studio. You may have seen her beautiful studio on social media. Um, She is an awesome Christian musician. She is a teacher and she is here with us. Nicole, thank you so much for taking the time to be here on the podcast. Please take some time to introduce who you are and what you do. Hi, JC. Thank you so much for having me. First of all, it's an honor. Um, So like you said, I am a musician and music educator and an entrepreneur. And in 2016, I founded and opened the music school, which is the piano studio, where I teach about 40 private piano lessons every week. Um, I employ three other piano teachers and oversee about 80 students at the studio overall. So that's the career aspect of what I do. And I'm also extremely involved in music ministry at my church where I'm the band leader and one of the worship leaders. So there's that. And I'm also in my last semester of doctoral studies in worship at the Robert E. Weber Institute for Worship Studies. So there's kind of a lot. There's a lot of different aspects. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's so cool. When I saw that you were opening up the studio, I was following you before then. Um, Just a lot of the different posts and have been always encouraging and inspirational. And when I saw that you were opening up the studio, I thought, wow, that is so amazing. That's so awesome and different. And I love that. First of all, I love the name. I think it's so simple and just brilliant. And I wanted to know when you first felt God pulling you towards opening the piano studio, what was going through your mind at that time? So many things. Um, <laughs> so as far as the name, you mentioned the name, uh, that rolled around for a really long time. I wanted to be really creative and unique, but in the area that I live in, there's actually quite a lot of private music studios already. And I felt like in order to be truly successful, as far as the name went, it really just needed to be self-explanatory. It didn't need to have any frills or mm-hmm. extra adjectives. And I think I've grown to love it even more, uh, you know, three years into this. Um, but in regards to your actual question, <laughs> uh, what was actually going through my mind? Um, so many things. Uh, so before I actually opened the studio, I taught piano lessons in my home for about 10 years seven, 10 years. Yeah. Between like seven and 10 years. And, um, so the process was, it was interesting because it wasn't something that happened all at one time. Um, I taught in my home, but I also traveled to students' homes and I also taught privately at several of the high schools in our area. I was teaching in several different locations and I never felt like I was really operating at my best, I guess I could say. So there was a lot going on in my mind as far as career, career paths, thinking of, okay, do I really want to spend the next 30 years of my life being 
a traveling circus of a piano teacher, you know, like having some of my materials at home, having other materials in my car, um, mm -hmm. traveling to all of these different high schools. Like, is this really what I want to do with the rest of my life? Mm -hmm. And I decided that no, that was not what I wanted to do. And so, like I said, it was definitely a journey. It was a process. It wasn't something that happened overnight. Um, but when it finally did start happening, I actually drove by our current location on my way to church on a Sunday morning. And I thought that little place would make such an adorable music studio. And I looked again and there was a for rent sign in the window. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, what? No way. That's such a cute little building. And, um, so I think at that point I was already having thoughts of, I guess you could say, not discontentment, but I was searching, I was looking, I was praying for the right thing. So when it happened, I was ready. Does that make any sense? Yeah. I think, I yeah, think that, that answers your question. <laughs> no. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It seems like there was a lot of different things that were happening in your life. Things that you were grateful for, but you knew that it wasn't going to be something you wanted to do in the long run. Right. Right. Definitely not long-term. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I wanted to ask, could you walk us through the beginning stages of planning that out, planning the piano studio and, and watching your God-given dreams unfold? Like you passed by the this, this studio, you saw the rent sign. What were like the next steps within the next couple of months? How did that, or years, you know, how did that happen? Yeah. So after I called the number, I left a voicemail and I, I honestly didn't expect to hear anything back. And I thought, well, even if I do hear something back, like it's probably going to be so expensive. Um, the reality of even making something like that happen, it just seemed like it might be too big of an undertaking, but you know, I was, I was curious about the building because it was adorable. Mm -hmm. Now I will be totally honest and say that, and you might've even seen these pictures on social media, but uh, before our building was the piano studio, it was Big Jeff's Tattoos and Tattoos spelled T-A-T-O-O-Z. And like, even though the building was very charming, it was in pretty rough shape. And so when I walked into the building the next day, so the landlord ended up calling me like right after church. We scheduled a walkthrough for Monday and I walked in and honestly, I was horrified. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the walls were this terrible yellow in the entranceway. And then one of the teaching rooms that we now have was royal blue and the other uh, room was painted red. Mm -hmm. So the carpet was like the kind of carpet that they have in medical offices, but it wasn't clean. It was dirty and just honestly, the whole place was really dirty and gross. Yeah. Um, and in that moment, I wanted to say no, like I wanted to just turn around and walk away, but there were so many little things that just kept catching my attention. Um, we have a ton of windows in the studio and I love windows and they were big and they were in every room and there's a little kitchenette and like just all, all of these little things that I didn't even know that I had dreamt about previously, mm -hmm. we're all kind of starting to take shape and vision in my mind. Yeah. So 
you know, just the potential of what was there. So like I could see where I would put a baby grand piano. I could envision a space that would go beyond the, just the piano lessons and the music. I could really see a place where creativity would be born, a place where relationships would form, a place that would serve truly a greater purpose um, mm -hmm. and just in our community. And then for the students, a place that would foster love and build hope. So that was, that was the beginning. Those were the beginning stages. It wasn't because the building itself was beautiful. It was because something happened in my heart as I was walking through. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely understand that for sure. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's one thing when you have it in your mind, but then when you're walking through something, especially the beginning stages of something there, I feel like there is always, no matter what it is, there is always a messy, scary moment. Mm -hmm. Usually at the beginning where I feel like it's almost like God saying, are you sure you want to continue? Do you, yes. do you really want to trust me? You know? Yes, so much, so, so much. So now instead of running away, obviously you went <laughs> forward. I jumped head first. <laughs> so you went ahead. Did you rent it right away? Okay, so um, I want to say I looked at the building either the last week of January or the first week of February. And the part of the building that really sold me, honestly, was the, the upper level of the building, which truthfully is, has still not been renovated, which is another story. But um, the upstairs, as charming as it was, the walls were all made of plaster. Um, originally the building that I'm in was the original post office of this little town. So it was oh, wow. built in the late 19th century. Um, so there's actually no electric or heating or central air upstairs, which is part of the reason it still is not in use. Um, but before we could actually get into the building, all of the upstairs plaster walls needed to be demoed. So that way, if we decided to use it later on, it wouldn't ruin the renovated lower level. Yeah. So um, my dad and I, my cousin and a really close friend took a weekend and we demoed the upstairs on our own. Uh, the landlord made a, a really cool deal with me. And so basically we, if we demoed the upstairs, he was willing to renovate the lower level at a very reduced cost. Wow. And also would not include that in, as part of my lease. So being a first time business owner, as far as having a physical location, I was willing to take whatever steps I needed to sign the smallest lease as possible. Because you know, when you're starting a new adventure, a new business, the unknown can be a little bit intimidating. And I was honestly really scared that the business would flop. <laughs> like in six months, I would be bankrupt. So anyway, that's kind of beside the point. But was there a point when I thought it might not happen? Yes. So after the demo, which happened in February, in March, I took a 10-day trip to the Middle East. So while I was gone, uh, my landlord was doing all of the renovations on the lower level. So painting, woodwork, new floors, updating the bathrooms and the kitchen, just really a total renovation. And I was so excited. I was with several people on this trip and I just talked about the studio nonstop showing the before pictures before there were even after pictures, you know, just, just so excited for the future. Mm -hmm. And 
Oh, when I got back, the first thing that I did was I got off the airplane, obviously, and then came directly to the studio. And it was late. It was like 2 a.m. or something. I came in the studio. I opened the door, turned on the lights, and I looked at the floor and I bawled <laughs> because oh. the floor. So we ended up going with a, a linoleum lookalike hardwood floor. So it's not actually wood, but it looks really close to real wood. Mm-hmm. And the way that they had laid the floor was the wood grain was going the opposite direction of what I wanted it. So when I, when you walk in the entrance, I wanted the wood grain to go vertical, but it was going horizontal. And it probably was jet lag and exhaustion and stress, but they were put in the wrong way. You know, like I thought I had specified the direction of the wood grain and um, it sounds so silly now, (laughs) (laughs) but in that moment, like that was almost enough to change my mind. And so I went home, slept on it, went back the next day with my landlord and I told him, I hate these floors. I will not teach piano lessons in here because all I will think about all day is how terrible they look. And he just gaped at me. Like he could not believe what he was hearing, I'm sure. Um, And I was supposed to actually sign the lease that day. And now keep in mind, we had demoed the whole upstairs. Mm -hmm. He had made an agreement that, okay, if you demo that upstairs, we'll do all of this work that you want. We'll repaint, we'll do the woodwork. And this is how long the lease will be. And here I am saying that I'm going to back out of this lease that I haven't even signed yet because I don't like the way that the floors were put in. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, but I didn't sign the lease. I walked out, I left. And at that point, I really thought that the dream had died. I know that sounds really dramatic, but when you're in a situation that feels really volatile anyway, like that little cherry on top, you know, no matter what it is, it's just so fragile. It just, broke, you know, the dream, the, and it all had happened so fast. Anyway, it was like, you know, maybe, maybe this is the thing that is bringing me back to reality to say you have this dream, but it's not time yet. Um, it was a reality check really. Uh, was I willing to let the direction of the green and my wooden floors stop, (laughs) stop the beauty that I had seen just Mm -hmm a couple months earlier, like, was I, was I willing to let go of the creativity, the potential relationships, that greater purpose, the love, the hope that I had seen just because I didn't like the way that the floors had been put in. Yeah. So I slept on it again and I got some perspective (laughs) and we went through with it. And occasionally I'll be honest, occasionally when I mop the floors, I'm like, Oh, this really would be better if, if it was going the other way, but you know, they're floors they can be replaced if we stay here for any length of time. Yeah. But the perspective was there because it's not about the floors. It's about so much more than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I totally understand. And it seems silly now, as you look back, I'm sure, but when things are, you know, fast paced, high emotions, when you really are investing a lot, not just financially, but physically, mentally, spiritually, mm-hmm. you know, it definitely can be taxing just the little things. So I totally understand that, especially as a creative person. And this actually kind of jumps into what we're, you know, you were kind of talking about. So I want to know, like, people now see it at the end, 
You know, they mm-hmm. haven't seen that journey. They haven't seen, you know, your frustration with the wood grain, you know. <laughs> and so right now when you post pictures and when you're showing kind of the final product, I'm sure there's some people that are like, wow, she's so brave stepping out and doing what God has called her to do. I could never do that. What would you say to somebody if they said that to you? So you're right. I think we don't always look at the full picture. If you would have asked me three years ago when this was first starting, I don't think I would have told you that I felt brave. Um, I think I would have told you that it was just the next logical step that Mm -hmm. after 10 years of teaching private piano lessons in my parents' home, in my students' homes, in schools around my area, I had been praying and searching for the next right thing. And I didn't know what that next right thing was, but when it happened, I knew. And so, yeah, now looking back, it does seem like it took a lot of guts, a lot of bravery to make it happen, but then it was just the next right thing. Yeah. You know, it wasn't the first part of the journey. It wasn't a point of arrival either. It was just the next right thing to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and just in general, I think a lot of times we get caught up in reaching a specific destination, you know, reaching a moment of finality or perfection, um, even feelings of worth or adequacy. But the reality is that life as a whole is a journey. And when we take daily steps on that journey, when we do what God has called us to do, And when that next thing does require a little extra bravery, a little extra faith, or a little bit of extra time or finances, maybe even trust, we've already been walking along that journey. And so it doesn't feel like bravery. Mm -hmm. It just feels like the next step. Yeah, I totally understand. And I totally love that perspective because I feel like we do idolize bravery, like it's only reserved for like special people. And this is something that God's really been working on my heart too the more interviews that I do and also the more I'm in his word and how people have reacted to things that I've done. And Mm -hmm. I've realized that, you know, a lot of the times I am scared. It doesn't make sense. It's very confusing. But I know, like you said, it's the next right thing to do. So I, I put it this way when I was in an interview recently. You're scared. Sometimes you just have to do it scared. Mm -hmm. You know, you just have Mm -hmm. to keep going scared and just trust that God has place this in your path right now and he'll help you, you know, through it. Yes, absolutely. So this kind of ties into this next question because I feel like some people, especially Christians, when they have this idea for a business, they almost feel some sort of guilt for wanting to have a business. I don't know why. And um, I wanted to know, do you think God cares about business? And if so, why do you think some people may feel some shame or guilt for wanting that? I do think that God cares about business. Um, Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, whatever your hand finds to do, do with all of your might. And Proverbs 31 specifically praises the woman who goes about her daily business with dignity and honor. So absolutely, I believe that God cares about business because he cares what we do. Yeah. But as far as feeling pressure or feeling the need to own businesses in our, in our culture. I think a lot of that ties into our diet, if you will, of social media and seeing influencers on a regular basis who 
are sharing their businesses online, which is beautiful. I mean, I do the same thing. I don't have a problem with it, but I think it promotes feelings of perhaps inadequacy or uncertainty because Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe we're not really living life like it's a journey, but more that it is an arrival point. Like I was saying earlier, but I think if, if we have in mind that life is a journey, our business is a journey, our relationship with God is a journey. I think that would do away with some of the pressure that we feel to just to be the quintessential 21st century Proverbs 31 woman. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, like, like that image, like that yes, like that image yes. on a pedestal that we do is we idolize this Proverbs 31 woman and we're like, we can never be like her and we put it on a pedestal when it's like, mm-hmm. no, she's just in the Bible just like other people are in the Bible to teach us mm-hmm. principles and to teach right. us ways and to be an example, not so we can mirror her exactly, but maybe how she goes about her life in a sense, like not mirror every single thing, you know, just to have the thoughts that she may have, have thought, like put God, put God first, you know, Mm -hmm. like she just put God first and that's what we need to do no matter what. Absolutely. And as far as even just our daily activity and what we do as a job, I think it's also important to remember that God appreciates and delights in what we do on a daily basis, whether we own our own business or we don't. Um, If you look at Adam and Eve, they had jobs to do. It wasn't like they were just hanging out in the garden, feeding each other berries and napping all day. You know, (laughs) (laughs) Adam Adam had a job. God Mm -hmm. wanted, you know, name the animals. He, he put Adam and Eve in the garden to be managers of his creative business. If you will, you know, like Mm -hmm. Adam and Eve didn't just own the garden. It wasn't theirs, but they were there cultivating it and taking care of it for the owner of the garden. Mm -hmm. And so whether we own our own business or we don't own our own business, we still have a responsibility to do the work that we've been called to do well with excellence. You know, God created us for his glory for his pleasure. And we do that when we work, whether we own the business or we don't. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I love that you touched on Adam and Eve being the managers, not really the owners of the garden and that they had jobs to do because it's true. You know, God created Adam and was like, okay, now here's a job. Take care of my creation. (laughs) Exactly. That's there's so much there already to be learned. Mm -hmm. Um, but I did want to ask you, because I struggled with this with Hello Awesome in the beginning, because of maybe the mindset of putting the Proverbs 31 women on a pedestal, and then also just the way my creative brain works, I had a hard time feeling like business and ministry had like could be together. So I didn't know if you ever felt like if you ever felt like business and ministry had to be separate, or -hmm. did you see potential for them to blend together? Hmm. So as a musician, um, I, I kind of feel like combining the piano studio with my ministry as a pianist and worship leader was actually a very natural progression. Um, many of the students that I teach on a regular basis are actually really involved in their local churches. So it's been really beautiful to help foster the musical opportunities for them in their churches. So 
Mm-hmm. I've had the opportunity, you know, to, to be the music educator, but then also to pour in them, pour into them from a ministerial side to say, Hey, okay, you are going to be playing at this youth service, or you are going to be singing for church, or you're going to be leading. Let's take this a step further from just the musical aspect and think about what it means from a worshipful standpoint. Uh, what it means to be a church musician versus just a musician performing on a stage for entertainment. So that mm-hmm. has actually not been too challenging. It, it it has all kind of combined really beautifully. That's amazing. And I love hearing that because so often I've heard um, different stories from different people depending on what business they have and what ministry, you know, they have. And Mm -hmm. I love hearing that, you know, when it flows naturally and how that works out, it really gives kind of a different perspective that in the beginning, you may not have known that's how it was going to play out, Mm -hmm. but God makes a way for it to work together for good, you know? For sure. For sure. So what is something you wish you knew when you started that you know now? I mean, there's a very long list, but <laughs> I'm sure. um, honestly, that self-care really is of the utmost importance. Um, that exercise, mental health, spiritual care, eating well, and ultimately being able to say no are really not options. Um, owning a business is beautiful, but as I'm sure you know, it can also become all consuming. Mm -hmm. And so when you have a limited amount of time and that exercise class is 45 minutes and it takes 15 minutes to drive there. And then you have to factor in a shower afterward and then drying your hair and then getting dressed. It's easy to say, well, I'm just not going to do that exercise today. What about you know, first thing in the morning, you have piles of emails that need answered, but you also haven't read your Bible in two days. Mm-hmm. Well, that can wait. That can wait because um, I have to answer these clients. If I don't answer them within, you know, a 48 hour period, they might go to the other studio across town. You know, we have to put our best foot forward. We need clients in order to stay in business. Um, you know, we have to be in business to pay our bills. And, and so I wish I would have learned earlier that putting the business aside at night and on weekends isn't a luxury mm-hmm. that it's optimal for both health and focus and really just for keeping the passion alive. You know, if, if you are running yourself so ragged, trying to teach all the lessons and play all the weddings and, you know, just do all of the things at some point you're going to suffer burnout. And this doesn't just go for musicians or, educators or even business owners, but we have to allow our bodies, our minds, our, our spiritual well-being to be fed. Because if we're not taking care of ourselves, there's no way that we're going to effectively be able to put out. And the people that are coming to us deserve the best. You know, my students don't deserve a crabby piano teacher. You know, just because I had a bad morning doesn't mean that I need to take it out on an innocent nine-year-old, you know? So I, I have to be, I have to be at my best. So that way 
they're getting the best piano teacher or from a ministry standpoint, if I'm tired and I haven't slept and I haven't been exercising, I haven't been reading my Bible. How am I going to lead my congregation to worship if I haven't been worshiping all week? Yeah. So that's something that I wish I knew three years ago. I think, I think I knew it. I think I just didn't really practice it. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I could relate to that so much. And I love that you touched on that because I think a lot of us do struggle with it. And I think sometimes we feel like we are the only ones that struggle with that. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that you mentioned that because we are all not perfect. Right. And we all struggle in those kind of areas. So, you know, I wanted you to talk to somebody right now, somebody who has a dream that they believe is God given, but are really nervous about following through. What advice would you give that person? So, um, second Timothy, uh, chapter two, verse seven says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. So I would say if this is you and you're nervous about the dream that God has given to you and you feel like it's going to take so much bravery and faith and trust to step out into that, I would tell you that anxiety and nervousness and fear are not feelings and emotions given to you by God. He has equipped you with the purpose that he has called you to do. Everything in life that you have done and all of the life that you've lived up until this moment has prepared you to take that right next step into the calling that he's given to you. If you look at the example that we have from Queen Esther, we could ask the same question about her. Was she nervous about marrying a king? who had had his previous queen removed, <laughs> dethroned. Was she nervous about marrying into a family that wasn't even Jewish? Mm -hmm. Was she nervous about approaching the king, even though she hadn't been summoned by him? Of course she was nervous. That's, that's humanity. I think we all have those feelings. But she acknowledged both the uncertainty of those feelings and God's calling by listening to the counsel of Mordecai and submitting to what God had called her to do. And maybe in that moment, it didn't even feel brave. Maybe when she said, if I perish, I perish. Maybe that wasn't even a moment of bravery. Maybe that was just a moment of saying, this is the next thing that I have to do. And if it goes well, thank the Lord. And if it results in my death, so be it. Maybe, maybe it really wasn't this brave decision on her part to say, I'm going to go in front of the king. You know, like maybe, maybe it was just, okay, this is, this is the next thing that I've been waiting for and I'm going to go ahead and do it. So sometimes I think we have to acknowledge that the possibility of failure is real, but we also need to know that it's possible to move in the right direction without becoming paralyzed by the what ifs, by succumbing to that fear but really trusting in the power and the love and the sound mind that God has given to us as his daughters. I love that. Amen. We just had church. Thank you, Nicole. Um, <laughs> that was such an amazing example. And I'm so grateful for your heart and your love. I can just feel that you truly do love God and you love others. And you are definitely a natural teacher, my friend. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. So before we go, Nicole, thank you again so much for taking the time to be here with me and to share your heart. Where can everybody find you online? 
Sure. So my Instagram and website are actually pretty much the same thing. It's on Instagram at NicoleChris.co. That's N-I-C-H-O-L-E-C-R-I-S-S dot co. And my website is the same, just www.NicoleChris.co. Um, the studio does have a website and Instagram as well. Uh, that's all thepianostudio.info on both Instagram and web. Fantastic. Thank you again, Nicole. This was so great. Thank you so much, JC, for having me. If you found this episode inspiring or helpful, would you take a screenshot of it and share it on your Instagram stories? Tagging me at Hello Awesome Ministries. It will encourage me that you were blessed. Also, don't forget to leave a review and subscribe so you can tune into future episodes. To learn more about Hello Awesome, head to helloawesomeministries.com. Until next time, keep your chin up, beautiful.